0: once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore So I did want to try to catch you early this time before we waited until the break, but I um, just wanted to remind you about uh, the Palmer Home for Children that I'm going to be raising money for now through Labor Day. This is a pretty exciting thing. This is a home for children that uh, need a Well, basically, they need a new home. They need... uh, The Palmer Home provides basically a family environment for kids that really need that. And again, I would encourage you to check them out, Palmer Home for Children. They do some really good work. Uh, I found out about it through Malcolm Reed. He's a barbecue guy. I've been binging his podcast like crazy. And he mentioned that he was going to be doing this, and I thought I better check it out. I said, I bet we could do a lot of good with the podcast and everything. I bet I could raise a bunch of money. Well, I go on his website, and on the website... It says that the top five donors get two tickets to go see Malcolm Reed in person to have a one-on-one cooking thing. They're going to grill. He's going to grill with you. We're going to eat food and have a great time. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'd like to go. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to go. But again, you can find it on Facebook. You can find it anywhere. And uh, we're absolutely going to start incentivizing this. So thank you to one anonymous donor. We are up and running. We are at fifty-three dollars donated. When we cross one hundred dollars, I'm gonna start doing uh, different things. I think if we cross a hundred, I'm gonna do my first cooking video. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm planning on grilling this weekend uh, with the move. Is fi- today was the final day of the move. It's seven forty-five. We literally just got home, unpacked the cars. It's been an incredibly long day. So I'm finally going to get to relax and unwind and um, just going to be working that uh, pellet grill like you would not believe. And so I'm going to flip the camera on. I want to talk a little football and grill a little food and just try it out and see how that works out. But um, I will release the first video when we cross the $100 mark. I'm also looking to do things like uh, behind the scenes. I want to record myself doing the podcast, kind of show the new studio. Just different little perks as we work our way through this. If you have ideas of something that would encourage you, like I don't care about any of that stuff, but if he was doing something like this, I'd be all on board. Like maybe an Alan Lazard signed football, which has now been offered. um, You know, we could talk about it. So that's what we're doing. Again, get in the Facebook group or on Twitter. I now have them pinned to the top. So if you go to the the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, the very first post is going to be a link to this. If you go to my Twitter, the very top post is going to be a link to this. So this is my uh, number one priority right now. Although, patreon.com. If you'd like to support me personally, you can go right ahead and do it. I'm not going to stop you. Anyways, um, it's kind of interesting, and I, I'm kind of upset that I didn't talk about it yesterday, but yesterday I was talking a decent amount about the Minnesota Vikings, and I like the Vikings. I think they're a good team. I think they are absolutely in the running for top team in the NFC North. Um, but, I, you know, I think there should be a more measured way of looking at, at the team than you're probably going to get from a lot of Vikings fans. Well, it, it, it's, I'm telling you, it's hilarious how all these things blended together. So I had that question that I was answering. There was somebody else who asked a question. Let me find it real quick so I can get it correct. And this is from a long time ago. This is from Brooks, I believe in the Facebook group. He says, what do you have to say about Bucky Brooks' newest quarterback rankings who has Jair number 4? So I kind of glanced at it, and I set it to the side, and I was, I was literally just about to talk about it either, you know, yesterday, the day before, or possibly today, whatever. So I just peruse it. I'm looking at it. And they've got, let's see, uh, Jalen Ramsey, number one, Marlon Humphrey, number two, Zavian Howard, number three, Jair, number four, Tredavious, number five. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I think Jalen's a little bit of a system guy, but he had a good year. I don't think he was the best, but whatever. Humphrey's always been solid, but I think he's been real good. I don't know if he's ever super been elite, but he's just been consistently solid. Uh, Zavian Howard was, you know, I mean, If you want to put Xavier number one and Jair number two, I'm not going to be super mad at you. Those two were bouncing back and forth. I think up until like the last week, Xavier Howard was the number one corner, and Jair overtook him in that last week. So those guys were going back and forth. And Tredavious, you know, I don't know. I mean, PFF hasn't really been a super big fan. I get it. He's got some pretty good stats. I know he had a real good year, so that's kind of burned in everybody's memory. But he's been kind of declining for a while, and um, whatever. But so this is all kind of simmering, right? All these things are already happening. And I just notice a tiny little spat going on in the background. I'm like, that's kind of weird that these things are are going on at the same time. For some reason, Vikings fans are really mad at the idea that Jair is being given respect. And they're talking about how, no, he's... Somebody even flat out said, no, he's the fourth best corner in the league. And then basically listed the other four guys. So it's like... It's almost—I I don't, I don't know how this happened, but it's almost like they all read the Bucky Brooks thing at the same time I read the Bucky, Bucky Brooks thing, and it, and it just started a war. So, again, if I just go through the comments—and this has been—it it goes down all these little side paths or whatever, but you've got—from what I can see, a lot of this started, and maybe, again, these just popped up in different places, but some guy named Sam just said, Daily reminder Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the league, and he's only 24 and Vikings fans lost. And and again, I keep, even not on this thread, I'll see randomly some Vikings fan talking about I can't believe people give Jair so much respect. It's just weird. But anyways, as we as we cruise down here, you got Mims saying, not even better than Ramsey, LOL. And remember, Ramsey was listed as number one on Bucky Brooks' uh, rankings. Then you got K underscore TD saying, um, there's something wrong up there. You're off by a mile. Don't respect Ramsey and Humphrey like that. Again, on the list above, Jair. Unfortunately, I don't know who Sam is. Am I following Sam? I should just follow him for the respect that he deserves for what he's done in this little thread here. But he was just not having—he <laughs> was not having the disrespect of Jair. So he—he he earned himself a follow. So again, all this kind of comes together. So so, any Vikings fans that are wrapped up in this and also listening are probably really mad at me right now because not only did I disrespect their defense, not only did I put down their corners. And I see somebody mentioned Patrick Peterson in here, which is like you got to be kidding me, dude. But now we're talking about Jair is by far the best corner in football. But but these things aren't super debatable. I, I just, I'm just looking at the information, and I'm going to start with what Sam had said, just just as a reminder, um, to make Packer fans feel good and any Vikings fans. It's not even about trying to make you feel sad. You just you have to live in reality. And sometimes I come at Packer fans, and I don't like doing that because Packer fans are my audience, and that's, (laughs) I don't have a show without Packer fans listening, but I just, I live in the realm of of reality, and sometimes we have to face it, and it's not fun, and that, that's, you know, I'm not just always going to come at Packer fans, sometimes Vikings fans, you guys got to face reality, the Packers have had bad defenses for a long time, they've especially had bad corners, and no Packer fan, this is the other thing that's weird about it, you're not going to find a single Packer fan that hyped up really anybody, maybe Kevin King, some Packer fans are delusional about Kevin King, but remember, I'm the guy that's never been delusional about Kevin King. I was not delusional about um, any of the other corners either, Randall or Rollins. I gave I gave Randall a chance. Uh, I hyped him up one time. I, I said like you know maybe you know let's just do it. Let's this one final time. This is let's get it going. And he was terrible. And I was like, all right, that was your last chance. Sorry. And it was like the next day. <laughs> so. I also really did like Rollins, not because I thought he was great, but because I just I liked him and I thought he had potential. I never said he was a very good corner. And I think most Packer fans are that way. Again, some people liked Kevin King. There's probably still two or three still hanging on to the idea that he's going to be some kind of an elite corner. But it's it's just what it is. And to be completely honest, I think most Packer fans are very pessimistic more so than optimistic. You'll find more Packer fans not giving guys credit that deserve it than the other way around. So... It's just a reality. And I'm sorry that it makes you upset that Jair is number one, but he is. And that's not to say forever. It's not to say he's Hall of Fame worthy. It's just by the conclusion of the year, he was considered widely, PFF, as well as a lot of other little corners of the world, as the top guy. And if you're going to say he's a top guy, and not the top guy, first of all, you're being stupid because you don't have any viable metrics other than your bias. What metrics are you using to say Jalen is better than Jair Alexander? You don't have any. You just, you just have your hatred of the Green Bay Packers. Go out and study every single play of every single one of those guys with a, a, a metric that you're going to apply to both guys, and then come back to me and be like, yep, turns out Jalen's better. And then fine. And there's nothing wrong with having an opinion, but I, the same, same thing I've always said about PFF people are always harping on, oh, PFF stupid. Why don't you just watch the tape? First of all, you don't watch the tape. You don't watch every single snap of every single player. And second of all, even if I did, I would trust their analysis more so than I would trust my analysis. The only time I would care about somebody's opinion more than PFF is a coach or a scout and not them at the podium. Because if a coach says something at the podium, it's coach speak and I don't really care. But if a, you know... If Brian Gutekunst, and I've talked about this before, if he were to quit his job and start a website where he just analyzed players, I'd probably take his word for it. Other than that, this is the best we got. But anyways, um, continuing on with a couple of Sam's points, just to, uh, again, hype up Packer fans and crush the dreams and hopes of Vikings fans who think that either he's not that good or it's an illusion. And, and again, I, I can't stay focused. This is not the definitive we're better than you punch. This is just one glimpse of reality. The Packers have a good corner. They might only have one good corner. They don't have any good linebackers. They have have a lot of question marks at offensive line. they got a massive question mark at cornerback, at quarterback. There's a whole bunch of ways to attack the Green Bay Packers and be correct. There's a whole bunch of arguments you can make to prove that the Vikings are better than the Packers, and that's fine. This is just you stupidly waltzing on a landmine saying, this isn't a landmine, this isn't a landmine, this isn't a landmine. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I would say back away, but that's not going to help you very much. At this point, the damage is done. But if you have not walked into the minefield, don't do it. This is a fool's errand. This is stupid. Jair is a dominant cornerback. He's real good. And I know it sucks when an opponent gets a real good player, but he's real good. Anyways, first slam dunk by Sam. This is two years ago. This is, he was talking about something... Amari Cooper had a bunch of yards against Jair two years ago, so he laughed at him. He said last year he was the number one graded corner in the league, which is true, he's referencing PFF, and he broke a playoff record for least amount of yards against him. I still don't really understand that, but I'll trust it. He had more interceptions than teams had yards against him in the playoffs. So wherever he got that from, it's not PFF, but we'll we'll roll with that. And we'll come back to the stats, because the stats are still incredible. But according to Pro Football Focus, he gave up um, negative three yards against L.A. and 19 yards uh, against Tampa, and he had two picks. So probably depends on who you want to give credit for whatever receptions or whatever. If you want to blame a safety or a gyre, it's always disputed, but whatever. But the real awesome comparison, and I've talked about this before, but since he put it all in a simple format for me to just read it, When he went up against top-end receivers, Calvin Ridley, who was white-hot at the time, zero receptions. Mike Evans, zero receptions. Fuller, zero receptions. Robinson, in two games, had three receptions for 28 yards. D.J. Moore, two receptions, 32 yards. A.J. Brown, one reception, 10 yards. Um, Also, and I've talked about this as well, Jair Alexander against Jalen Ramsey, when they've gone up against top receivers, there's only two top receivers that they both faced. Allen Robinson, again, against Jair, two games, three receptions, 28 yards. Um, against Ramsey, one reception, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Evans, zero reception, zero yards. Against Ramsey, four receptions, 40 yards. So, look, uh, there's a lot of questions going on here. In terms of the, uh, the rankings, I don't know exactly the criteria, but if we lay out the top five that Bucky Brooks had said, Jalen Ramsey gave up more yards. Jair gave up two touchdowns, Uh, Jalen gave up three. Jair had uh, three interceptions, Jalen had one. Jair had 14 pass breakups, Jalen had nine. Jalen had a 76.3 NFL passer rating when targeted. Jair Alexander was 54.3. Jalen's PFF grade was a 77, which is good, not great. Jair Alexander was a 90.7. If you go on a game-by-game basis... Um, Jalen Ramsey had, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six games in the whole year that were good or real good. So that's five games in the 70s, one at 89.8. Jair had 12 games, 70 or above. He had two games in the 80s and two games in the 90s. All year, he only had five games less than 70. So consistency is also there. So I just I don't really know how, based on anything, Jalen Ramsey was better than Jair Alexander. I'm not trying to say he's a bad corner because I don't think he's a bad corner, although all, all of basically the— Whenever we got into the playoffs and it was like Jalen or Jair, it's, like, it's not even close. Jalen has had one real elite year and has made a ton of money off of him. He's always been good. He's, his lowest graded year was a 71.5, but he's only had one year at 91.3, one. And is it possible Jair falls back off? Sure, of course it is. But I think Jalen Ramsey, like a lot of guys, has always been kind of overhyped. He's been a big name. He got paid massively because of one really good year. And I don't really think he belongs anywhere near the same conversation. Marlon Humphrey, again, he's always been good, but he's never been super dominant. In four years, his grades have been 73, 78, 69, and 76. So he's always been consistently good. But never great. If you look at his consistency, again, one, two, three, four, five, six games that were 70 or above. Only six where he was graded out as good. Uh, Three of those six were in the 80s. None of them were in the 90s, which means the rest of the year was 60s and lower. He had one, two, three, four games in the 50s, one in the 40s, and one in the 20s. He gave up 761 yards, four touchdowns, and had one pick and 10 pass breakups. So he gave up more touchdowns. He gave up over double the amount of yards. He only had one interception, which is less. He had 10 pass breakups, which is less. He gave up 89 uh, passer rating when targeted, which is not as good. Jair was not only better this year. He's, he was better this year than Marlon Humphrey has ever been, ever, ever, ever. Marlon in four years has never given up less than 400 yards. In the last three years, he's given up four touchdowns every single year. The most interceptions he's ever gotten a year was three. And that was last year. Again, this year was only one. Xavier Howard is the one that's really in contention, but it's really the biggest reason, the only reason, and it's the biggest reason why he's about to fall off, is because because of the interceptions. And it's the same thing, by the way, that Tredavious White had. Tredavious White and that entire defensive back group that year, whatever year that was, two, three years ago, they had 50 billion interceptions each. It's kind of similar to the Bears in 2018. Where it was all interception based, which is not sustainable. So the guy gave up four touchdowns. He gave up, uh, let's see, where are we at? 695 yards. So a ton of yards, four touchdowns, only had 10 pass breakups. Um, his grade was high overall, but the consistency wasn't super great. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games of 70 and above. So only about half the year, but he had 10 interceptions. 10 interceptions. And by the way, Xavier Howard's grades the last 4 years 61 64 77 56. And and that year in 2018 that he had a bunch that he had 77, he also had 8 interceptions. Or excuse me, 7 interceptions. So if he doesn't get a bunch of picks and it seems like he's a ball hawk, there's nothing else to his game. He's not very good in coverage. He's just a ball hawk. And and you know, he had 17 interceptions over those 2 years, but again, those other 3 years 61 64 and 56. Nothing to show for it. He gives up a bunch of yards. He gives up way too many touchdowns. His pass breakups are mediocre. He's a mediocre corner that's really good at getting intercept, which is important, and that's awesome. But when that goes away, there's nothing else there. Jair is a coverage guy. Xavian is an interception guy. And then if you look at Tradavius again, I mean, he, his grade was a 68. The last three years, his, grade have been, his grades have been 61, 75, and 68. It's not that impressive, but again, 89.4 in his rookie year, and nobody forgot that. And I'm not entirely sure. He must have just been pretty solid throughout the year because he still gave up a bunch of yards. He only had four picks that year. He did have 13 pass breakups, but that's not enough to give you that good of a grade. But again, look at Tredavious White. He gave up um, 629 yards, so again, about double what Jair did. Gave up five touchdowns, which is more than double Jair gave up all year, I think. Or was it three touchdowns? I don't remember. Had three interceptions and nine pass breakups. 96.2 passer rating when targeted. 68 overall grade. I don't even think he was like a top 20 corner overall by PFF. He had one, two, three, four, five, six games that were good. Everything else was not good. In fact, I think 10 of his games were below average. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his games. Half the year was actually below average. I'm not trying to trash Tredavious, but he gets way too much credit. Credit that he does not deserve. He's not bad. He's a good corner. He's just not a true elite cornerback. I mean, he's not... And, and maybe Jair isn't. I mean, everybody... You get that one flukish year from a lot of people. Jair had a great year. Tredavious did not. But people treat Tredavious White like he's Darrell Rivas. There are only a handful, you know, Richard Sherman. There's a handful of guys that are real good, and they're real good consistently. Like, every single year, they're just real, real good. Tredavious White is not that. Xavier Howard is not that. Marlon Humphrey is not that. And Jalen Ramsey is not that. None of these guys are that, including Jair. He was one year. He's the only real guy on this list that ticked every single box. He was better than everybody in every category except Zaven Howard in interceptions. Literally better than every single person in every single quarter g- category, grades, and stats. There's nothing debatable about this. So it's not debatable that he was the best cornerback in football. Find me anybody that did what he did last year. You can't. The only question is, was that a fluke? Or is he going to be doing this for a long time? And he is you know, a dominant lockdown corner for the next several years. That's the only thing we're talking about right here. So again, I just, you know, find something else to be mad about. It's stupid. It's like being mad that Packer fans think Rodgers is good. Like, dude, find something else. You know, go pick on, uh, go pick on Rashawn Gary. You know, I mean, at least that's something worth being upset about. Like, oh, they, they keep hyping him up like he's going to be something. He hasn't even done anything. All right, that's fair. Go go down that rabbit trail. Good chance it's going to bite you this year, but at least you're not going to look like an idiot the second it comes out of your mouth. You know, I mean, it's like picking on David Bakhtiari. It's stupid. Don't do it. You know, A.J. Dillon, that, there's a target for you. Oh, they think he's the next Derrick Henry. He hasn't done anything. Do that. Savage. Oh, he had a half of a good year whoop de doo He hasn't proven anything yet. Hyping him up like he's the next whatever, whatever. Yeah, fine. There you go. There's, there's your... You gotta get off Jair. Ridiculous. Nonsense. And what are you really arguing anyways? He's not the number one. He's like third at best. You, you're gonna die on that hill? Like I'm gonna cry about Jair being third? Which you're still wrong. Again, you can't by any metric ever prove that he's anything other than first. But... <laughs> That's that's what you're so mad about? Packer fans think he's first and he's really third? What a stupid thing to be mad about. Find something else to do. Find a new hobby. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. It really is. And if you're a Vikings fan, find other Vikings fans who are doing this and make them stop. Because those people are making all of you look stupid. Don't let them do that to you. Sometimes you got to reel your own guys in, man. Sometimes your fan base starts getting into fights and it's like, you know, you and the boys got to go out and just round them up and be like, you guys got to stop, man. You're making us look stupid. Or you just cut them off and say, you know, we don't, we don't claim these guys. Jair's the man. You got to do something because the ship is burning. That stupid Viking ship with a dragon on the front, it's going down. That thing is on fire. And there was no flame retardant stuff being put on Viking ships. They didn't even know about that yet probably. Maybe they did. I don't know. Do you think they did? I want to google it, but I really I have to stay focused today, I guess because I got a late start. Speaking of, um, that was awesome actually. I didn't get sidetracked or anything. That was about 22 minutes and I hardly even hit pause. So, on that note, we should probably take a break. Again, please check out that fundraiser if you have any questions or if you need any help with anything, please reach out to me and I'll get you hooked up. Again, my goal is $100. And I'm going to have a new video up. And I'll also take requests. I don't have anything set in stone, what it is that uh, you think would be fun to grill. But uh, with the 4th of July coming up and all these different things, I can do several videos and I will love doing it. And maybe we'll even do a live thing. We'll get the grill rolling and you guys can just, we can just hang out. You can hang out with me or with us if Blaine decides to come out. And uh, we'll just let the smoke roll and we'll talk a little football and pop up some questions or whatever. We'll just hang out for a couple hours. Just let the tape roll and see what we get, man. (laughs) What is that from? Is that The Office? I think it is. Did Ryan say that about something? Oh, yeah, when Daryl was leaving. And he's like, you know, find one thing that you want to do. I think Ryan was like, let's, I just want to like let the tape roll and see what we get. I'll do one thing with (laughs) y'all. I'm sorry. I haven't nerded out about nerd yeah yeah that was right nerded out about the office in a long time so anyways why don't we take a break and we'll be right back passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So Mr. Jim Thorson jumped in the Facebook group and says, I honestly can't remember if you've done this yet, but have you gone through the strengths and weaknesses in Love's game? How well other quarterbacks with similar traits have fared? When they made the jump from college to the NFL, and maybe even a deep dive into which traits seem to be most likely for success at the next level. I am beyond struggling. But again, today was the last moving day, so I'm hoping I get a little bit more brain power moving forward. And, um, you know, the jaw moves properly, the tongue coordinates with the brain in the frontal cortex, in the medulla oblongata with the knee bone to the elbow. The whole thing, it's going to be in sync. Um, But I'm going to kind of hijack this a little bit, Jim, because I started doing a little bit of digging, and um, to answer your question would be nearly impossible. And it's one of those things, too, where I don't think we would actually get anywhere. It's kind of similar to the RAS thing where we would find some information and say, well, in this situation, this happened, in this situation, that happened, and, uh, you know, we don't really have any more information. Um, Because at the end of the day, if there was anything definitive in terms of Um, correlations or whatever between where they went to school and how strong their arm is and how fast they are and their PFF grades and all that stuff. And there was some kind of a formula to decide if he's going to be good or not. It would have been discovered and I'm not going to be the one to do it. I've tried, believe me. I've started tweaking some certain things and it's fun, but it's a lot of work. And at the end of the day, you're looking at this list of people and it's like, this is stupid. What is this? However, what I did think was interesting was to go back because I started your project and seeing kind of some of the comps and what people thought that he looked like. And that kind of got me into reading some of the uh, ad blocker. Your mom's an ad blocker, all right, into what people had to say about him. And it's kind of intriguing. It's kind of fun, even for other players, which I may do, depending on time, but probably not uh, looking back at what other people had to say about these guys. But also some of the comps. And one in particular kind of made me smile a little bit. And I don't know if there's anything for sure to look into here, but I thought it was funny. NFL comparison for Jordan Love, and these comps on NFL.com are done by Lance Zerline, was Blake Bortles, which I find hilarious. Not, not good, necessarily, but hilarious. And I guess you can kind of see it, because there is, there is some athleticism with Jordan Love, but he's not like an elite athlete. He's an athletic guy that's more about arm. I mean, it's it's sort of similar to what you get with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. You know, those are the more high profile. But if you don't maybe think quite as much of them, you might say Blake Bortles. But it also is somewhat interesting. And I'm sure there's plenty of reasons to bring in Blake Bortles. You know, he's got some understanding and familiarity with our offensive coordinator. Um, so there's probably some familiarity with the offensive system, et cetera, et cetera. But it also wouldn't hurt if there's some comparables between Jordan Love and Blake Bortles and getting what's in Blake Bortles' mind into sort of Blake Bortles 2.0. And I know that makes you sick to your stomach, but let's just assume that he's a better version of Blake Bortles. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to learn from a guy like Blake, especially being a veteran and everything else. Uh, With our guy not being there, you need somebody. Another interesting comparison, which I don't really understand, but uh, Joe Marino over at the Draft Network, and there's five guys over there that did evaluations of him. His comp was Colin Kaepernick. And the biggest reason I don't see that is I don't see the top-end athleticism from Jordan Love that you get from Colin. Colin was blazing fast, and Jordan Love is, again, he's more like Aaron Rodgers. He can do it if it's, if he needs to, but, you know, he's not just going to kill you with his legs. Benjamin Solak, um, who clearly was not a fan of Jordan Love at all, uh, did his comp and said he was Jake Locker. However, Benjamin Solak, who's probably the guy I respect the most over there, um... As much as he was negative, I think his summary really is, it's something that I had said in the past, and I want to reiterate it because it's, I think as as much as, because he didn't know at the time where he was going to go, as much as he was sounding negative, I think it sounds like a positive for us. First of all, let me read the first part of his summary, which is the nice part. We'll skip the bad part and we'll go to the end. Um, he says Jordan Love is an incomplete passer who has an understandably attracted, who has understandably attracted the NFL eye with the ceiling offered by his natural talent. Love's natural release of the football, ability to throw receivers covered and uncovered with touch and extension of plays, all profile as a high-caliber playmaker in the NFL in the mold of Mahomes, Wilson, or Rodgers. Skipping, skipping, skipping. He goes on to say, Love will be picked on by NFL defenders if forced to start early in his career, and I believe he is a strong candidate to sit for a season as he adjusts to the speed of the NFL play and scripts for himself a better response to pressure packages and safety rotations. Love is a boom-bust prospect who will be overdrafted for his boom, and his stock is conditional on landing with a team willing to do the hard work to develop him. My exact sentiment on Jordan Love was... I didn't like the pick when they made it, but if Jordan Love is going to succeed anywhere in the NFL, it's with the Green Bay Packers. There is not one, not one better landing spot for Jordan Love. Where would it be? Where could it possibly be? You could say, well, he could have gone to Tampa, even though I don't think, did Brady even go there yet? Whatever. Let's just say now Tampa with Brady would have been better. First of all, same sentiment. Second of all, I don't think so, because they're very different. Jordan Love is more of an Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback. Not to mention, Matt LaFleur is a much better style of offense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were built to just win now. And that's not just with the quarterback. That's with the entire team that they brought back that's really old and a coach who's just waiting to retire. They're basically just hanging out, making a bunch of money, having fun, drinking a couple brewskis, winning Super Bowls, and in a couple of years, they're all just going to go away and Tampa Bay is going to be irrelevant again. Nobody's going to be there to nurture Jordan Love. This is young coach, young GM, quarterback-friendly system, one of the better quarterback coaches in the NFL who made Matt Ryan a uh, MVP and then went on to make Jared Goff look competent. He's learning behind one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game who also happens to have an extremely similar style to Jordan Love. There is not one better landing spot. And you can't say the Chiefs because he would just sit forever because Mahomes is never going to stop playing. There is no better place anywhere than on the Green Bay Packers. If he can't succeed with the Packers, he was never going to be any good. So, you know, I I can't necessarily directly answer your question in terms of, you know, putting all the pieces together on what's it going to take for him to be a great quarterback. At the end of the day, he's just a guy. And he's a guy that has certain physical abilities, certain mental abilities. And other than that, it's all external. Who is his coach? You know, how much time has he been able to learn and develop? And what is his comfort level and his psychological? You know, some people, they just break down under the pressure. They can't handle it. They freak out. They're, whatever it is, there's all these variables and components. And a lot of, you know, where you went to school, that doesn't necessarily mean much. I mean, the only reason it means much is because if you went to that bad school, you probably weren't that good of a player to begin with. And so, you know, there are rare exceptions of really good players that go to small schools that probably should have been to bigger schools and then for some reason didn't transfer to bigger schools and then get drafted and are dominant. I don't know. I don't know how or why those things happen. But, I mean, there's, there's been plenty of, of small school guys that have been getting it done. You know, Kurt Warner was a small school guy. And, and, you know, Utah isn't that small. It's not like it's a D3 school or anything. Utah State, that is. But, I mean, it's, it's FBS, you know, it's not, uh, it's not Yale. So at the end of the day, Jordan Love has all the attributes you could ever want. It's really just about all the other externals. Can he, can he do the work mentally? Is he mentally tough enough? Is he in the right situation? Is he in the right system? And, and, and again, a lot of that is really why I think that he's in such a great situation. It's a quarterback-friendly system, so he doesn't have to do as much. Doesn't have to think as much. Doesn't have to put the whole team on his back like he did in college. And yeah, I'm excited about him. And and even if Rodgers comes back today, which would be fantastic, I'm going to be so excited to watch him in the preseason. Going to, be, going to hate the fact that every bad thing he does is just going to be massively scrutinized and he's going to be attacked, mostly by Packers fans, which is ridiculous. And a little bit by Bears fans who are trying to gloat because of Justin Fields. But I'm going to enjoy it because I'm excited about it. I'm excited about uh, all... Every time, like, I, I know I shouldn't go through the list because you guys are tired of me just going through the list of players again, but every time I do, I get excited. A.J. Dillon, Eric Stokes, T.J. Slayton, DeGuara. Oof. <laughs> I'm excited to see some DeGuara. Number three running back competition. You kidding me? I'm so excited for that competition. Maybe I could start working on that mac and cheese video for Dexter. That's what I should do. I mean, we'll 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 get some meat smoking, but I gotta get that Dexter thing rolling. I should I should at least be practicing that regularly. Cause I you know, I, I don't wanna just throw the first thing ever together and be like, here you go, Dex. Made you some Mac, buddy. It's gotta be like down to a science. Like, dude, I figured it out. This is the mac and cheese. Gotta get it rolling. But you guys gotta donate a little bit of money to the Palmer Home for Children in order for that to We'll do one final thing here. Uh, this is from Nico. He says, This isn't a question, it's a hypothetical that I would love to hear you do a mini rant about. He says, Remember, people other than Ryan, it's a hypothetical scenario. We go to the future where Jordan Love has taken the reins from four time NFL MVP and three time Super Bowl winner Aaron Rodgers, a transition that happened seamlessly under coach Matt LaFleur, genius play calling and is now regarded as one of the top three quarterbacks in the game and is on pace to dominate the game for another 10 years, much like his past two predecessors. Now, Ryan, comment on the mental health of Bears fans. How are they going to be able to even breathe air, knowing that Green Bay got another franchise quarterback, and they roughly have had 3,786 quarterbacks in the same time frame? Also, at this point, Justin Fields is now out of the league and is just regarded as another blunder. Have fun picking on Bears fans. I don't know if you can fully appreciate this question, comment, concern without flipping it. And I know it's a lot more fun to just envision it from the Packers standpoint, but flip it around and think how terrible that is. And and we can't even really fathom it, but here's the first thing I'll say. Bears fans that stand by their team in this scenario are um, superhuman. I mean, if you're, if you're still a diehard, you got your leather 1985 Chicago Bears jacket, Walter Payton jersey, and you're still just, just tearing it up, man. You're, you're still grilling out, making the brats and the, 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 the hot dogs and the Chicago-style pizzas, and you're still rooting for the Bears. Good on you, man. I mean, even now, good on you. But man, if, if this is another failure, if Justin Fields fails again and Jordan Love was taken right under your nose by the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love is a very, very good quarterback and Justin Fields is not, I don't know how you manage that. And, and just think for a minute, Packer fans, just think, and again, this is nowhere near the history that the Bears fans have had to endure, but just envision what happens if Rodgers leaves, Jordan Love is terrible, and Justin Fields is the next Aaron Rodgers. Just think how painful that is. We've got however many more years of bad Packers play until they can find a quarterback. Which maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, maybe it's 50, I don't know. But we do know the Bears may have just taken the North for the next 20 years. And we have to sit here struggling to make the playoffs, watching the Bears every single year just stroll into the playoffs seamlessly, no problems. Listening just wall to wall coverage constantly about Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, never ending. Just the same way they've been doing about Pat Mahomes, but it's a Chicago Bear for once. That's, first of all, that's what they've endured from us. No one, you, you, there's no wonder Vikings and Bears fans hate us so much. I would hate us too. It's infuriating. But just think how bad that would be just looking into the future, having had a great history. For, then try as hard as you can. To add on to that, what if you've already been through that for 20 years and you feel like this is your moment? You got this guy. He's unbelievably talented. The Packers, man, Rodgers is out the door, and all they got is some punk Late round, Utah State, nobody, loser is going to be great. It's our time. We still got Khalil Mack. We got the quarterback. We got one of the top wide receivers. We're taking the game over, son. The Vikings are about to lose their quarter. They don't even have a quarter. They've got to rent a quarterback, and they still haven't. they got nothing. Man, we're doing it. And Justin Fields gets essentially beat out by Jordan Love. we would be, there would probably be a grace period for me where I would not trash Bears fans. Even though my ratings would go through the roof and I'd probably get a bunch of donations. I just, I don't think I could physically do it. It would just be too, it's too mean. Even for me, I I just, I don't think I could do it. I I even felt bad about Trubisky a little bit because I think Trubisky's a good dude. I think he really was a good dude. I think he really did try. um, He just didn't have it. Don't know that I would feel super bad for Bears fans, maybe a tiny bit. But, I mean, if it happens again, and if Jordan Love is just a dominant player, I don't know, man. I mean, I would just follow the Bears fans' lead. If they're going to come out swinging, then I guess I guess they're good. They're not grieving. Let's do this. I'm, I'm down. I mean, you're basically like a one-legged, one-armed blind man with a terminal disease and botulism um, trying to fight me with Kevlar and a bazooka but, you know, if you want to come out swinging while you're facing another 20 years of darkness and we just inherited another great quarterback, that's on you. And I will happily stomp you in the, into the dirt. I'm just saying, if they're grieving and they're sad, I'm not going to kick them while they're down. They deserve a grieving period. I couldn't do that to them. I mean, there there would be like a little, like at first, like when it became evident, like, oh, what happened to all that trash talking? But then once it settled into their minds and they slipped into a deep depression, I'd back off. You know, you got to give them some space. Just let them have some space, man. You know, they, they got to take them in. I mean, just look how Packer fans react when they lost in the NFC Championship. Like, oh, you poor babies. <laughs> you poor things. Only the fourth best team in football again. Oh, the pain of this game of ours. The first world problems, they are many how will i endure <laughs> i just i just envisioning bears and lions and vikings fans watching us moan and cry about losing in the playoffs every year and just being like dude shut up <laughs> like they're going to try to throw it in our face cuz they know it hurts our feelings or at least some people's feelings about oh yeah you've been so good you only got two super bowls knowing full well that they don't have them where's where's your two super bowls guess how many super bowls the nfl the nfc north has not including the Green Bay Packers. It ain't two. And, and and again, this was a hypothetical, and this is not a prediction, so I don't want to be trying to, again, throw this in my face. Oh, what happened to your stupid little scenario? Oh, I thought he was going to be bad. Turns out we won a game. Who's 1-0? Hmm? That's right, you got Andy Dalton starting. <laughs> oh, that'll never not be funny. But again, hey, you guys should win that game with Andy Dalton because you're playing garbage the first couple weeks, which kind of sucks because if he's winning and doing well, what does that do to their plan to eventually turn it over to Fields, which I assume has to have been their plan? I'm guessing Dalton's only starting because of some kind of a stupid handshake they made to get him in here because they were scared they weren't going to have anybody, even though Dalton's not that much better than Falls if at all. I don't know. I don't want to rehash that whole thing. It's just weird and stupid. And that's At the end of the day, look... You guys are stuck with Pace and Nagy, and that sucks. And it's, it's one of those things, too, where, okay, Justin Fields ends up panning out. Maybe they just saved their jobs. That's going to hurt you, not help you. Fields will help you, but those guys are going to be holding you back. But anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Once again, please remember to check out the Palmer Home for Children if you have any questions please reach out to me and i will help direct your path we are only 47 dollars away from uh nonsense and i'll tell you what if you donate leave a comment tell me what you want made and maybe we'll just go that route just throw just throwing ideas out but anyways you guys have yourselves a great day i'll talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye